Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Shulka Party are coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions. I'm gonna get drunk. Where them beers, where them beers. All bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. Damn, that's gonna make me throw up. What was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? We the best. No one could have got me a Caprice? Where's the ball security? Touchdown Tom. Loser. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. Welcome everybody to another edition of Birds with Friends Tuesday afternoon from my living room, not the basement here in Philadelphia. Nobody else in the house, so I feel like I have free reign. On the other line, Shil Kapadia, presumably from his basement? I am in the basement. We have Juan Uncle doing some work on the upstairs bathroom, so if you hear some of that in the background, uh, just just know what it is. But yes, uh, I don't like to stray from uh, stray from the basement is for the whole pod. Is this Plumber Uncle or Leak no. Uncle? No, this is, yeah, there was a leak, and you have to get the whole shower redone, and who can do that? And uh, we, uh, had, we had a leak in our uh, upstairs bathroom as well, turned into like a, you know, one of those bubbles in the ceiling type deal, so we're, we've, got, we've got the leak uncles ourselves. Yeah, there's something going on above the garage, and boy, I mean, I have no idea how stuff's connected, what's going on, so I'll just stay here, uh, stay here in the basement. Now, I did, I did feel very... Uh, unmanly as um you know what one uncle came down he's working in the garage and the bathroom upstairs and you know I, i'm like applying some uh moisturizer for my dry hands in the kitchen as he mm, comes down nice the gold yeah. bonds as you exactly yeah. call it yeah gold bonds uh i w- was talking about and we've got plenty to get to on the show today lots going on with the eagles bird through the grapevine bird processing a little bit of around the hornbill and then uh, closing with a a uh, bit of a random two can you, but uh, I was talking with my brother who was recently moving apartments, and uh, I have long sta- uh, I have long said that the like the most emasculating feeling is uh, when you hire movers, and which like hiring movers is once once you make it to the level where you can hire movers, that's really all you need. Like it, the the improvement from in your life from having people professionally move your stuff versus having to do it yourself is like a million times worth it. However, like being the guy who's just sort of sitting around as other people are like picking up and moving your stuff is, mm, yeah. is like, it's, it's very, uh, very emasculating. Very uncomfortable. Yes. No very doubt about it. You're like, Oh, can I help? Can I get, can I get one for you? But that's not really the deal. I just go heavy on the, uh, can I get you a soda or water? Yeah, that's good. That's my only move. You know how people say, uh, you know how like the, the terrible taste is if you brush your teeth and then have orange juice. I guess so. You know how that's a thing. Okay. You know what I I have uh, I have long uh, thought the opposite. What what tastes delicious is to brush your teeth and then have some coffee. Have oh ever, yeah. Have you ever done that? You get a little bit of a minty flavor with the coffee. It's delightful. I mean, I do that like every morning, but I've never really noticed it. Oh, I love it. It's a real. Okay. It's a real uh, real flavor bomb. I have two bits of housekeeping to get to here before we get started. Uh, one is. Keep the, the sponsorship emails coming, birds with friends podcast at gmail.com. I have a vow here, Bo. Okay. I, I will not eat rice until we get a sponsor. 
I'm not eating rice until we get a sponsor. Reminder, you, you not only... I will never eat rice again. You not only get the Birds with Friends sponsorship, but you get our Wednesday Birds with Friends radio show on WIP. Kind of uh, a two-for-one yeah, type couple, deal. Yeah, a couple spots. couple that's, spots. That's hard to come by. And, and we will we will sell your product, your your restaurant, your bar, mm. your electric toothbrush, whatever it may be. We will sell that like nobody else. That's number one. And number two, Bo, I just realized we are, uh, what, 10, about 10 days away from a London trip. That's right. And so I need some tips for uh, – I have been to London before. I didn't do it upright. It was for a uh, wedding. We did the touristy stuff. But I need some tips for London, places to go things to see, all that. And I want the non-touristy version of this. So you can tweet at us. You can email us at birdswithfriendspodcast at gmail.com. I want to make the most of my time over there this time. We do have a bit of a, a backlog on uh, e- emails to the Birds with Friends podcast email, which we owe people responses to. There have been some great ones. So I do apologize for that. But yeah, we need we need some uh, some London tips. And she'll, you know... The one thing you hear about London that everybody says is, oh, there's, there's no there's no good, you know, authentic English cuisine. It's just fish and chips and pub food. But the one uh, great uh, food in London is Indian food. Are you gonna are you gonna do, go for the Indian food, or are you gonna you're gonna keep that away? You you want something else? Uh, you know, I I may I I may partake, but I don't know when you have your you uh, judgy. When you have your mom and dad cooking you yeah, Indian exactly. food for 35 years. I mean, I, I, I enjoy going to an Indian restaurant from time to time. It's not a must-do for me, but that did stand out the time I was there, how they were on, uh, you know, every corner you've got Indian food. So, it's, uh, it's, that's no, it's no Nashville. It's no Nashville. There will be uncles. <laughs> there will be hands behind their back. As uh, they walk but, along the Thames. That's right. That's right. I'm sure you will, you will find many an uncle there. Okay, that sounds good. I look forward to it. Okay, that's all I got. All right, let's get to uh, some actual some actual stuff here. Uh, Burn it through the grapevine, Shield. We uh, we had a chance to talk to the assistant coaches yesterday. Most of them, uh, a few more coming later this week. But um, what did you make of our conversations with those guys? To me, the, the the real newsworthy piece of information was was Jeff Stoutland saying that he does not expect Jason Peters to miss any time. With this, with this torn bicep, which I think the the both of us are sort of of the minds, and I know you asked Joe Banner this: Why not just give the guy a couple weeks off and get him ready for the stretch run? I mean, really, what are they doing? <laughs> why Why are they not doing that? I'll, I'm going to ask. Uh, I'm going to ask Doug that. This I mean, week. it has I, to be a, a Peters thing, right? Like it has to be. He just doesn't want to sit. In which I case, guess so, but... tell him to sit. Yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be for six weeks, but my gosh, you can't take off the, you know, take off this week, take off the bye, maybe take off the week following that, and it'll give you a nice yeah, you stretch in, you here. Yeah, you in two games, you get three and a half weeks of rest. Exactly. So uh, I don't know why they're not doing that. He had the quad issue. He had the biceps issue. And, you know, let's be honest here. When he's been on the field here the last couple of weeks, I mean, that series against Olivier Vernon on Thursday night, like yeah. we haven't seen Jason Peters handled like that now in an Eagles G-O-I, uniform. You ain't got no alibi. Yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously affecting his play. And so why not just say, all right, let's, you know, our best chance at a run this year is with Jason Peters on the field and healthy, uh, you know, in December, in the playoffs, whatever it may be. 
And, you know, it might not work. He might, he might come back and he might get injured again. But I just say, give yourself a chance with the guy. I, I really don't understand the need for him to play through all these injuries and then give you subpar play. And then you're not going to have him 100% at the end of the year anyway. Like, what is the thought process that leads to this being, uh, being the right decision? What is your confidence level in Halapula Vanti Vaitai at the moment? I mean, he was okay. He gave up another sack. He wasn't great. There were uh, multiple plays where I was like, ooh, that, that doesn't look good. But I don't know. You, you've seen him play at a better level. I think you can trust your coaching a little bit there. Uh, you know, I'm not at a point where I would say you can't put him out there. You know, Wentz is going to get killed if he's out there. I mean, Vitae has to come in like every game anyway. It's right. not like Peters is playing every snap. So if anything, let him work through it. And then maybe he's in better position down the road if he has to play uh, either on the left or or right side also. I mean, he's not like a complete disaster where he's totally torpedoing uh, your entire game plan or anything like that. I mean, he had to play and they had drives and he, he was OK. I mean, he's, again, he still has many issues. I don't think he's, he's playing well uh, anywhere near to where he was playing down the stretch last year. But uh, I would just kind of let him work through those things. What do you make of this rumor floating about that that Jason Peters is partially behind the left guard switch? Well, Jeff Stoutland was asked about yesterday, you know, asked someone said, hey, Stefan Wisniewski said he had his theories about why he was benched and uh, Stoutland like wasn't having it. He did not. Uh, he did not like that. He's like theories. He's like, the only theory is my job is to play the best five guys mm. on the offensive line. That's my responsibility to uh, Mr. Lurie, to Doug Peterson, to the rest of the team. And he's like, I watch Sayamalu in practice every day, and that's the reason he's playing, and there's nothing else behind it. So um, I don't know. That's a, I guess, interesting rumor. I haven't heard anything that would uh, confirm that or tell me that it's it's true. So at this point, it is just that. Uh, a rumor, if if it were true, that wouldn't like 100% shock me or anything like that. I right. think Peters obviously has uh, sway within the organization. Um, He's and best do, friends with Jeffrey Lurie. Best friends with Jeffrey Lurie, and they do view him as a, uh, you know, kind of a coach also with the offensive line. So I, I would think they would take his opinion into account. I would hope they wouldn't say, you just get to play with whoever you want to play with there. I think that makes sense. Uh, okay, what else did you did you glean from the from the offensive uh, assistant coaches and some defensive guys? Well, I started with uh, with Press Taylor, and I thought he, I'm going to write about this for the All 22 that'll go up Wednesday. But he was giving some insight into that second Alshon Jeffrey touchdown, and I said, you know, how does that go from hey we're watching this on Thursday night football to hey let's call this in a game uh, for a touchdown? And he said Thursday nights basically all the coaches are there and everybody's doing their work in their offices and they've got their doors open and it's sort of like this uh i don't know if he, he said a raucous but he's like guys are yelling like non-stop like whoa do you know That's did funny. you see that or it, it might not be a play it might even be a flag you know can you believe that and so it's sort of this open communication among the coaches and uh he didn't get into details he said he didn't remember i don't know if he just didn't want to say it maybe it was him and he didn't want to sound like he was bragging so he didn't say exactly who watched that screen and was like oh let's uh incorporate this but he just said you know someone sees that and is like oh that's pretty cool and then he also pointed out that in 2016 uh this was some pretty good recall by him he was like 2016 we ran a similar play to josh huff against the lions and scored a touchdown so 
mm-hmm. it's not like they just saw this out of nowhere and were like, all right, let's figure out how to implement this. They had sort of a version of this. I think it was only two receivers to that side, not three receivers, uh, but they, that they scored a touchdown on. And then they were like, oh, we kind of like that Patriots version. Let's get that back in there. So I thought that was uh, that was a pretty fun little nugget from him. I feel like, uh, you know, he's got a little bit of Frank Reich uh, in him. He's I was going to say, I, I, I don't know. That? Go ahead. Okay, you know, I just feel like he he's down to earth. He doesn't seem like that paranoid. Um, he's certainly not like braggy. Uh, I can kind of see why they would uh, why they would like him and want him to kind of work his way up the ladder. I like the vibe from Press Taylor. I would go so far as to say that I think if you if I had to identify a future head coach from the coaching staff, coordinators included, he would probably be second on the list behind Jim Schwartz for me. Wow, so he's like your uh, like my De Filippo is your Press Taylor, huh? I just think I, I think I can see that path pretty clearly, can't you? He's 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 a good communicator. Uh, I think he would interview well. I think he 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 can talk ball. Guy loves ball. Knows ball, loves ball. Knows ball, loves ball. And uh, I mean, certainly, I think I I, I would uh, see his future as brighter than than Mike Rose as a as a head coaching candidate. I like his – oh, a little shot at Mike Rowe. Okay. I think Mike Rowe uh, is a fine guy. <laughs> I'm just not sure I see head coach with him. Well, in terms of winning the press conference, and I don't know if that matters, but well, it matters a little mat- bit. Winning like, the interview, right? Like, Well, also, I mean, don't you think like owners, when they're uh, looking at head coaching candidates, don't you think they probably watch their press conferences from their previous team? Probably. Or, I think they probably do. Well, I don't and think- I also think like, you know, your boy – McVeigh is probably uh, making the path clearer for like a, a young hot shot quarterbacks coach. That's true. And I do like the way press Taylor sort of worked his way uh, up the ladder. I wrote the feature in the summer for those who, who missed that. But uh, yeah, he does seem to be kind of a good idea guy who just um, is able to watch football at every level and pluck good ideas. And uh, like you said, communicate with players. He seems like he would be a, you know, good guy to work with um as well so uh yeah and i thought you know i I wasn't sure how he was going to present uh yesterday since there's been all this talk about oh how much do they miss frank reich and john d filippo but uh i i thought he did a good job i guess the other candidates for that i mean that's the other thing about this coaching staff is there aren't a ton of guys like that i guess deuce would be the other one in the mix although we haven't we haven't had a chance to talk to deuce yet this week but um i mean if you look along the coaching staff there's there's not a ton of guys who, who who would even be in the conversation right well yeah i mean they just lost their two right. big ones so <laughs> so uh yeah that kind so of it doesn't feel like as, it, kind it of doesn't bear. feel like as hot a take as i as maybe i thought it was uh, it's still a good take okay uh all right so who else did we talk to talk to uh gunter brewer uh, a little bit about uh, nelson Aguilar and and he there were a lot of shelton gibson questions yesterday everybody's sort of focused on you know, you need that. You need that vertical element. Why can't Shelton Gibson get on the field? I think we sort of know the answer to that by now, right? We do, but I don't know. I wonder if at some point they're just like, we, you know, we need a burner on the outside, and like, all right, there are going to be some errors, but let's really yeah. simplify it for him, and uh, let's make sure he's only in there on plays that he knows to a T. I mean, that's the coaching aspect of it, right? I mean, that you know, they get the guy ready. Yeah, get the I mean, guy. Get you don't. Have, you don't to have to line up correctly. Get the guys to line up correctly. You don't have to give him everything, but uh, it was a really nice play he made on that uh, whatever it was, the forty-nine yarder, 
And uh, that is an element that they've all admitted that they're missing from the offense. So uh, I kind of understand it. I mean, I'm still, you know, they're really talking him up at every turn. But it's just, you know, as we've discussed, when you look at their actions and you see him not line up correctly when he's only in there for a certain number of plays, I mean, we know why he's not in there. And they're talking about self-inflicted wounds and penalties and all that. I mean, it's it's pretty obvious, but uh, I'm not totally out on him. I think they need to, uh, you know, keep working with him and, and see if they can get him out there. He doesn't have to start, but get him out there and play some kind of role. Mike Groh sort of let slip, it seemed, that maybe they're hoping that Mike Wallace comes back at some point this season, which I thought was interesting. He can't come back until, I think, week week 10 or 11, whereas Mac Hollins could theoretically come back sooner. But, you know, as much as we focus on wide receiver is the one place where they could make an immediate impact in the trade market, I guess there are some potential reinforcements, although I'm not so, I'm not so sure what kind of impact you can expect either Mike Wallace or, or Matt Collins to make if they do come back. Yeah, I, I actually missed that the first time around until I saw people uh, tweeting about it. So that is interesting. What did you think of? You were around Brewer longer than I was. I kind of just got there at the end and was listening in. Uh, I don't want to say it's you could kind of tell this was probably his first time. Like, well, it wasn't his first time. No, but, you he, know, yeah, he, he hasn't do done it. this a lot right. in terms of just like the, like this large group of Philly media just sort of converging. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure he's 100 percent comfortable in that situation. But, yeah, um, which is understandable. Yeah. Okay. I think that's pretty uh, reasonable. My biggest takeaway, honestly, from the coaches is that like. How much do they love Avante Maddox? Oh, you're right. That's true. I mean, guy loves ball. Guy lives bre- lives and breathes ball, man. Understands expla- ball. Was that the explain the Corey Unlin? We we were both around Corey Unlin and was that the quote that got us? <laughs> he yeah, he said I think uh he loves ball. He can play ball. He, he was a, it was a double he doubled up on ball and then I looked at you and you started you started you had this big grin on your face and I like I was afraid that I was going to have to leave the circle because I was going to start laughing too hard. Like I had, I'm sure there's one of the cameras who was videotaping has me, has me on camera. Just like I can't, I cannot get a smile off my face. It's really unprofessional. Well, did you get in trouble for this in school? Because I feel like yes. you don't do a, you don't do a great job of hiding it. Like I feel like I'm able to. Uh, uh, all right, we both acknowledge this is very funny. Nonstop. Uh, I had to. I was kicked out of class for laughing for laughing too much. <laughs> like way too often. Okay. Okay, well that that explains I'd a lot. I have to because, like yeah, excuse so. myself from class because I couldn't. Once I start laughing and it, like it rolls downhill, it's it's hard to really stop. Oh, really? Listeners of this podcast probably know nothing about <laughs> that. Well, yeah, because there are times even during press conferences where I'm I'm getting that feeling of like being in school and like the yeah. kid next to me is going to get me in trouble because he can't uh, he can't. Well, it's every time, stuff. and every time it's because it's because like you give me a little bit of a look. Or okay. like, and, and then that's, that's, that's really what starts the problem. Well, now I know you can't handle it. So maybe I'll keep it to myself and save it for the pot. Yeah. But, uh, that was very, I mean, Unlin was just giving out the football guy speak left and right. I mean, he had, don't, he had some very good answers, some very insightful right. answers, but in between them, it was, uh, you and, know, we, and then Tim Houck gave a uh, shout out to Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. He was describing, I think it was Maddox too. He said he plays fast, he plays hard, he plays physical. I was like, well, does he, does he want to beat these boys tonight in the house? No, no, no. That was Mike Grow. I think that was Mike Grow right? about the Panthers defense. No, right? no, no, no. He said 
he Mike Grell on the Panthers defense said they were a big, strong oh, physical right, defense. Right, right. Okay, okay, you're right. Uh yes, I mean there were just lots of football guy terms. I mean uh Unlin was hilarious. Like he he I feel yeah. like he just gets in I feel like he kind of gets in that mode when he when the recorders are on. I, I think he turns he, it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He I remember I think his first availability after chip hired him he like wouldn't say the broncos by name wasn't that a thing oh uh, maybe a you pat, know like, like any, my, uh, my stop in my past life did he use that yeah like one? anytime asked anytime anyone asked about his like previous job uh he, he was just like i'm not gonna name him by name and oh, wow. uh, yeah he was he was uh avante max listen now this guy knows ball this guy loves ball okay he's a uh, <laughs> <laughs> we were just cracking up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he was, you know, really talking him up. Like uh, both him and Jim Schwartz were like, the guy didn't blink. He's in there as a free safety. Sidney Jones goes down. We say, Vante, you're playing nickel. He says, okay, gets out there. Knows <laughs> like they were just, right. I mean, right? They were over the moon. I mean, even to over now, the moon. Every coach just uh, really loved this guy. And, uh, you and know, Schwartz I, has sort of been that way too, right? Yeah, yeah, Schwartz, absolutely. And I remember, wasn't there a clip of Schwartz when they drafted Maddox? Like, Schwartz was really excited about that pick, I think. So I feel like that's a guy maybe he targeted uh, during the process and was really happy that they got. And, you know, to his credit, he he has done a good job. And he has, you know, filled in all these different roles. And I was pointing out to you after the game that I liked how he seems like to be a good sort of team guy. um, That's because he loves ball, man. He loves ball. So, uh yeah, that was interesting. Now, I don't know if we were, are we going to get to the secondary stuff later or should we talk about that now? As no, let's we... talk about it now. Okay. So that, I mean, this is the big question, right? Sidney Jones, uh, is week to week according to Doug Peterson, which, which means is he's going to miss some time, which means he, you know, yeah, his career may be over. No, right. not, not, not quite, but that's been, yeah, that's been pretty indicative that the guy's going to miss multiple weeks, uh, in Doug Peterson lingo so far. So, what were you, you know, we, we listened to all the coaches. What do you think they do here going forward? Probably, I would say, at least the next two weeks without Sidney Jones. Well, the complicating factor is is that Corey Graham is still up in the air with his injury status. I think he is more more day-to-day than week-to-week in the, in the Doug Peterson parlance. But listen, I don't, you know, I think we saw in the Titans game that they cannot just have Corey Graham be in that, that post-safety. So... I mean, my guess is that I think we're going to see Rasul Douglas back there. They didn't see – it doesn't sound like uh, they have settled on anything, or at least they certainly were not tipping their cap. But, I mean, listen, the options are Corey Graham, Rasul Douglas, you know, DeAndre Hall or Trey Sullivan. I think both of those are probably non-starters. And then, you know, I asked Jim Schwartz about is J- Jalen Mills an option to slide inside, and he basically shut it down. So – uh, while we thought that that was going to be a, a possibility, it sounds like that is not something that they are considering, in which case it leaves Rasul Douglas as the most um, familiar player in the secondary to both the coaches and in terms of his knowledge of the defense. I think that's probably what we are going to see. When they go in nickel, so you, of course, I think Maddox will will stay as the you know the base safety. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. I didn't know if you meant Rasul Douglas is just going to take over safety and Maddox is going to stay full-time nickel or if Maddox is going to play the two roles. It is a tough question. I mean, they really have nobody else to play nickel right now. So it seems like a given unless they were just, you know, flat out lying or, um, 
playing it close to the vest yesterday, that Maddox is going to be your nickel while Sidney Jones is out. Yeah, at the I think same that's, time, that's no question. And as and as Unlin said, like he played as many snaps there throughout the the offseason as Sidney Jones did. So they they were basically pretty pretty close to neck and neck. At the same time, Maddox looks like your best option at free safety. So this is kind of crazy that this rookie all of a sudden is your best option at two different positions in the secondary here as you go into week seven. So, yeah, I think Maddox is going to start at free safety. And I think in sub packages, he'll play nickel. And I don't know what they're going to do, quite honest, quite honestly, in the deep middle uh, when they are in those sub packages. It's really a difficult question for them i mean rasul douglas they i think they use the terms not ideal you know what else they could you know what they could do which we haven't discussed they could leave maddox at safety bring in Corey graham to play malcolm jenkins box safety position and move malcolm jenkins to the slot they could do that and i think it would maybe it depends on sort of a type of slot receiver they're going exactly Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's right. I, I think that's right. So uh, we will see what they do there. But I, I would say that's probably their biggest question going into uh, into this game against the Panthers in terms of personnel. Do you think uh, do you think it could be Trey Sullivan or DeAndre Hall seeing the field at all? Not DeAndre Hall. I think there's yeah. I mean, every indication is there's zero chance he's ready to play defensive snaps. Trey Sullivan, I think uh, probably not. I mean, he he just didn't perform well in the right. preseason. Uh, but I would say, you know, a greater than 1% chance that maybe they say they just throw him back there and they say just get your butt deep and don't let anything get over the top. And I don't care if you give up like 16-yard crossers uh, in front of you type deal. I mean, I mean again, very unlikely, but uh, more likely than DeAndre Hall. Water gun to your head, what do you, what do you guess? Water gun to my head, I think I probably would go with what you mentioned. Maddox swings down and uh, Rasul Douglas is back there. I mean, they love having versatile guys. So, like, you know, you don't have to move stuff around. Like, if there's a shift or, if you know, you need Rasul to Mm -hmm. line up against somebody as a cornerback, like, that's all good. It's just that one position of playing the uh, deep middle is uh is very troublesome there's like nobody to do that uh dave fipp we talked to it sounds like i think as expected darren sproles when he returns will take over the return duties from deandre carter as impressive as carter has been um i think that's about it from from the newsworthy stuff am i missing anything i'm looking here nope that's all i got he did admit that cameron johnson has not been as good uh, as he would like at uh, downing the ball inside the 20, kicking it mm. into the end zone too often. Okay. Uh, all right, let's talk a little bit about your uh, your Q&A with Joe Banner, a little bird processing. Okay. You know, It's funny, every week, every week you get the comments uh, on the Joe Banner interviews. This is the best, the single best thing on The Athletic. Yeah, should I take a slight towards that? I, I mean, don't know. I feel like maybe we should take a little bit of a slight, right? I think so. I've yeah. been, uh, you know, Zach, friend of the pod. I, I remember he said he he was talking about how he gave his. Uh, this was off. The, this probably wasn't on the record, but I don't think he'll mind if I share. <laughs> he was talking about his Super Bowl pick and why he picked the Eagles last year, and he said, "Yeah, you know, I was checking out the, you know, 
be athletic and I'm thinking, oh, sweet. You know, maybe he read my 10 things. I had some all 22 stuff that week. I'm like, you know, I wonder which one of my mm. uh, great pieces really swayed him. And he said in the Joe Banner Q&A, you know, he made the point that they're better on both lines and that usually makes a difference. And I'm like, really? You know, I'm pouring my blood, sweat and tears into the uh, into these pieces and that's the nugget. So I guess other people feel that way, too. Well, <laughs> poor, poor Steven Wisniewski, who's uh, whose carcass has been... my gosh, how are you still getting that wrong? That's unbelievable. You guys started Joe on Ben's a influence. Super Bowl team. The carca- his, his carcass has been rolled over many times now by the bus driven by Joe Banner. I think he starts right away as saying the thing that jumped out to him was the improved play at left guard. Well, that's the first comment on the piece is next time you should get Joe to tell us how he really feels yeah. about wits. <laughs> uh, oh, poor guy. Pretty good. Um, he's still sticking with the D-line thing, and I think we have both sort of said that that's probably a little bit overstated. The defensive line has, you know, over the course of six games, been better than it was last season in many ways. But uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about the trade market stuff. We Well, just one thing okay. on that real quick. Yeah, that was in the upon further review yes. piece uh, which i really enjoyed writing this year with the help of sport radar you can really kind of dig into some of these uh topics and see what the numbers say and yeah i mean their sack rate is up from last year their uh pressure percentage which is subjective the, that's up as well and quarterbacks are getting rid of the ball like six hundredths of a second faster so it's not in my opinion a huge difference and they're there. hitting the quarterbacks way more than they were last year hitting the quarterbacks way more, and blitzing less. So, I mean, uh, you know, maybe he, he's going off sort of the eye test or the film, but statistically, analytically, uh, by all measures, the pass rush is uh, just as good or better than it was last year. And, of course, you can read both the Joe Banner Q&A and the Upon Further Review at theathletic.com slash Philadelphia for 30% off theathletic.com slash WIP. Uh, what, what do you make of uh, Brandon Graham? I liked your question of, on Joe Banner. A little bit surprising that, that no contract has been done here. What do you think about the possibility that this is his last year with the Eagles? It's a tough one. I mean, I, I, at this point, you would have to say it's possible, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's gotten this far without an extension. He has had a bit of a quiet season. You know, uh, Banner thought that his play has been significantly better than his numbers. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I don't think he's been bad. He's had some impact plays. I don't think he's had as many or had them as frequently as he had a year ago for sure. And, uh, you know, he was coming off that injury. So he does have a little bit of an excuse there. Maybe he'll turn it up here in the next few games or really he'll come on strong in the second half of the season. But uh, it's a very difficult question for the Eagles because, on one hand, you know, you don't if you feel like he's declining or has injury concerns or whatever the reason is that they haven't paid him yet, then you don't want to sink money uh, into what you might think of as a declining player. On the other hand, you've built the team with your pass rush and without Brandon Graham, you know, you have old guys and Chris Long and Michael Bennett. And so you really just have Derek Bennett. At, I mean, Derek Ooh. Barnett. What? That was so bad, Steven Wisniewski? That's get what I was hell, saying. Get the hell out of here. You're going you're gonna to get on me for, for yeah. Steven Wisniewski. I corrected myself. That was a slip of the tongue. That wasn't not knowing <laughs> the guy's name. Get out of here with that I've nonsense. I've been slipping tongue to Wiz for too long. 
that I have a feeling that's going to make it our next uh, opening, our next intro. Uh, but they really, yeah, I mean, it, you can be excited about Josh Sweat's potential, I guess. But I mean, that's a complete unknown right now. You have no idea if he's going to give you anything and you have this window where you're ready to compete for a Super Bowl. So let's say you let Graham walk. I mean, you have to acquire another pass rusher, an edge pass rusher uh, somehow. And is that person going to be cheaper? Is that person going to be better? And so it really is this this sort of complicated question with a bunch of layers. You don't really want to count on the draft for something like that. I mean, it takes defensive linemen time to develop. So um, I don't know. I think I would probably lean towards trying to find some middle ground with him and uh, and bringing him back. Yeah, I think my expectation would be probably leaning towards that he will be back on on some kind of short-term deal. But the other the other thing is that it sort of highlights how important Derek Barnett is to the the future of this Eagles team, I think. They sort of considering the age of the defensive line and how hard it is to acquire premium pass rushers and, you know, theoretically they don't want to be picking at the top of the draft very often. They sort of need him to be like an elite pass rusher as the as the defense moves into the next four or five years. And I thought he did play well last week and he has been, uh, he has been playing well, not, you know, he's certainly not at that level where you say he's like this impact. He, he can't to- quite wreck a game now yet. He can wreck a game. That's true. Fletcher Cox wrecked another game. I mean, what a stretch. What did you a stretch find that? Happened. Did you find that clip of him putting the guy on a sled? I did. That was a, a fantastic. I love it watching that. Good. I can't wait to watch it's, it again. It's weird. Sometimes when you put like some of them on slow-mo with the All-22, it looks like amazing and much better than it did before. And uh, this one looked good, but it wasn't quite at that level. He had one a couple weeks ago that I saved in slow-mo that was just like unbelievable, him wrecking this, uh, this guard, which I'll try to find and tweet out. This wasn't quite at that level, but... Uh, yeah, I mean his consistency has been unbelievable. He he's hasn't had like a, you know, mediocre or slightly above average game yet. He's just you know every week he's uh, he is their game wrecker. Yeah, and he needs to uh, keep it up. Maybe someone will be writing about him on the Athletic this week. I Uh-oh. don't know. I hope it's not a Kapadia curse situation. <laughs> uh, Patrick Peterson, Joe Banner thinks uh, if they're looking for a big impact cornerback, could be the place. And uh, as you have, as you talked about, the, the franchises who are in disarray, the Cardinals, the Raiders, try to pick pick their carcasses. Cornerback's an interesting one. I mean, that makes me a little bit nervous to think a cornerback could come in and play right away and, you know, communication. Ah, it worked with Nandi. You, they... <laughs> um, you know, just they play so much zone and so many co- – it's not like a right. – if it was just, hey, line up on the outside and shut this guy down – uh, you know, then he would be able to do that. And that's the other thing I, I wonder about scheme fit, you know, isn't the reason that he's so valuable or, or, and also, you know, not that valuable to Arizona is because they switched defensive schemes and are playing kind of that Panther scheme more where it's a lot of zone where he was used to playing in that, uh, James Betcher scheme where it was, you know, travel with the best receiver and play man coverage. So what a bad uh, job by the Cardinals to to have this really good defense and then bring in a different scheme that totally totally uh marginalizes their best players. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's uh, their head coach obviously is a defensive guy who came from that scheme. So that was Coach your uh, players. I agree. 
It was a very, I mean, it had, it wasn't just like a one year wonder. Like it's been a good defense for the yeah. last, what, three years. I think it's, you had yeah. those numbers before yeah. the uh, season and it had, and it has some really good players, some really uh, uniquely qualified to play in that scheme type players. Right. Uh, with Buchanan and uh, Peterson and good some decision. of the other guys. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I mean, that that would be a, a really interesting move if they tried to make a splash with someone like Patrick Peterson. It does feel like a move that would uh, intrigue Howie, though. I will say that much. That's true. Doesn't it? That's true. It would, yeah. And I think yeah. Amari Cooper would, too. Yeah, I think Amari Cooper is very interesting. I mean... Young receiver. That's what I. That's what I, I mean. It's this is sort of self parody, but that is that is what I love the most about him. He's he's still twenty four years old. They're getting him away from uh, a bad offense, a bad quarterback, and a bad overall situation. I think I think the upside there is is much greater than sort of anybody else that that would be available in the trade market at any position, considering his youth and uh, the potential future with being a running mate for Carson Wentz. Yeah, and it's also looking at the state of the roster and the state of the league. Like, you know, you bring in, like, I don't know, your defense might not, is probably isn't going to be a shutdown defense. Maybe you just add on the other side of the ball and say, let's try to uh, outscore outscore teams here. And maybe adding a weapon like Cooper gives you uh, the best chance at that. I know one name we had mentioned previously, which I like that was in your uh, 23 guys column, was Tevin Coleman. Uh, I'm just seeing here, Jay Glazer of the Athletic reporting that uh, that Devonte Freeman is on IR. Oh, so they, and the Falcons won last week. So I mean, I I would be stunned. Well, the good news—it seemed like it was some somewhat good news because Ito Smith was sort of taking uh, sp- splitting snaps and maybe just edging him in snaps. But yeah, if Devonte Freeman's yeah, he, out, then then never mind. Yeah, I mean that it's so rare. I feel like for an because you unless you're like one of the three or four worst teams in the NFL. Like you can talk yourself into going on a run and getting a wild card spot. And certainly I think the Falcons are probably still saying that to themselves. So, you know, it's one thing for a team like the Cardinals and Raiders who just have no chance at all. But, um, you know, I I was sort of thinking that the Falcons like had to lose on Sunday for them to even think about that. They didn't lose. They won. So now they can uh, still talk themselves into a playoff run. And then you throw in that Freeman's injured. Uh, you know, that would just be a stunner if they would trade Tevin Coleman. But yeah, Ito Smith did have a nice little touch, get a touchdown run, right? He looked yeah. pretty good. On, yeah. Judge Ito. Okay. Which they, they mentioned that during the broadcast, by the way. Did they? they made that, yeah, I think they made a Judge Ito crack and I can't remember what it was now. And uh, whoever the play-by-play guy was had a very good, like a, a snarky response that was like, you know, making fun of it for being such an outdated reference. Whoever the, whoever the analyst was made the Edo comment and the play by play guy came back with a pretty funny one liner. I forget what it was. Okay. Great story. Thank you. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, um, the league as a whole, a little around the horn bill had a chance to, to watch some football on Sunday with the Eagles off. What did you make of uh, what you see around the league? Where do you think, if, if we recalibrate expectations after the the lows of two weeks ago and the highs of last week, where do you sort of see the Eagles fitting in? Where do you think I rank them in the power rankings this week? Mm, let me take a look at look looky here. All right, I think you have them. Um, here are the teams I think you had ahead of them: the Patriots. Correct. Mm, the Chiefs. 
Correct. That's two. The Saints. Correct. Three. The Rams with your boy. Correct. I think that may be it. Mm. Is, is there another one? Uh, I'll, I'll guess it if there is. I have I have them sixth, yes. Uh, Packers? It is the Packers. Although, oh. to be fair, I ranked it uh, yesterday afternoon before that game last night. Well, would you change it? Mm. I mean, that game is exactly who they are. I know. Not that I probably wouldn't. I would probably leave it just for now just to give the edge to Aaron Rodgers. Although yeah. they have they have a crazy schedule coming up. Yeah, and that defense looked uh, like Garbanzo Beans. It sure did. So, okay, yeah, so I mean, sick. so all this hand-wringing, all this haranguing about the Eagles, uh, and still they're like, you know, you could have them anywhere from like 6th to 10th t- to probably if you want to argue for the Chargers or the Steelers or even the Vikings since they beat them. But, uh, you know, considering that we, we have seen what they can do when they've got it all together and how, how mediocre the middle of the NFL is, uh, it's hard. It's hard to to think the sky is falling. Although the one difference, which we talked about uh, last week, was how terrible the NFC East looked, and then this weekend you see Dallas blow the doors off of the Jaguars and Washington. Where did that come from? Where did that come from? And then Washington beating the Panthers at home. It's funny, and I'm uh, just as liable to succumb to this as everybody else. But like the wild swings of of recency bias. Go from last last week, the Eagles could win the division at seven and nine to this week. Oh, the NFC East is way better than anybody thought. Who who knows what's going to happen here? Uh, you know, the thing about the thing about this shield is that on on any given Sunday in the National Football League, anybody can beat anybody. Well, it is difficult. I feel like in the first, maybe the first half of the season, to not have that recency bias. Yes. You know, it's like you watch the games and you get opinions of these teams and there are these wild swings. Yeah, that was what that might have been the most shocking result. Well, no, the Bills beating the Vikings uh, was probably more shocking. But the Cowboys blowing out the Jaguars like that. I did not see that. And and if you want to turn it into a positive, does that, uh, you know, do the Eagles have a shot to kind of string together a three game winning streak here before the bye? Well, they certainly have a shot. Well, I would think you would feel like they have a better shot now than they you felt maybe a week ago. So, well, I mean, maybe maybe these teams got their bad games out of the way. I think okay. I think um, answer me this: if if I was to tell can you, you, can you wait? Can you say riddle me this? Riddle me this. Okay. If uh, well, now I'm trying to phrase it like a riddle. Jags are minus seventeen point differential, so I don't. I think it's a little bit more than well, one bet. As I told you before the season, the Jags were overrated. Uh, riddle me this, the Eagles enter the bye at four and four. Um, who I'm trying to think of a rhyme to make it a riddle. Just, just do the question. (laughs) If I tell you right now that the Eagles, uh, win, go one and one over the next two games, which one do you think they win? Which one do you think they lose? I would think they would beat the Panthers and lose to the Jaguars because of that whole London thing. Well, they're, what, three-and-a-half, four-point favorites against the Panthers, and I think they would be probably less than that against the Jaguars. So I'm just playing the, uh, playing the odds. The Eagles 
Enter the by at four and four. Where is the ceiling? Where is the floor? Oh, am I supposed to respond to that? <laughs> yes. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, that's easy. The ceiling would be... Oh, no. Will they enter it at four and four? Do I, re- I really don't know where to go with this. Yeah, neither do I. Okay. Um, well, the yeah, how about that? So the NFC East right now, Washington is three and two with a plus two point differential. The Cowboys and Eagles, both three and three with plus 20 point differentials. Wow. Is that crazy or what? That's pretty wild. You know, you ripping your boy Dak all this time, and here well, he is. Well, that's because they had one big blowout win. <laughs> well, so it counts. Yeah. Okay. Gi- your Giants, who one in five, minus 45 point differential. The owner's going <laughs> off on Odell Beckham today. Uh, things are really falling I forget, apart. I forget. Uh, apologies to whoever it was that said this. I don't even remember where it was. But, like, uh, the thing about the mark of a poorly run organization is that they blame their best people for uh for any mm. failures and that seems like exactly what's going on in, in I think, with the Giants. I think that might have been your uh your buddy Bill Barnwell. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you two were doing some online flirting, so maybe that oh. was uh yeah, I don't know. Are you gonna is he gonna replace well, me on this pod went, or well you I don't know. You're the one on you're the one who's been what? on his podcast. I haven't gotten that invite. <laughs> I just got the first name All Star, well, the full sentence yeah. All Stars. So, and then I got maybe. this one guy coming at me like these are not sentences, and I'm and I'm trying not to I'm trying not to go back at him, but it's it's like it's annoying how much that gets under my skin. They are full sentences. You disagree that star is a verb? It's a fact. Don't gaslight me. Um, no, I do agree with that. Yeah, that was uh, that's a good point, and they are just a complete disaster. So they are totally a disaster. It is going to work out for them, though, honestly. Well, in maybe a, it depends who they hire. True, but I mean, they're going to be in position. They're going to be a complete train wreck the rest of the way. They're going to get a top five pick, and they may get a chance to draft a very good quarterback. They'll, to, they'll uh, mess it up to, probably. To uh, yeah, they may. They well, they'll, like because they'll keep Shermer for a year. He won't be good, and then they'll overcorrect and hire a defensive guy, and they'll be that'll be bad too because they won't have an offense around this young quarterback. Okay, maybe. Are you we'll like see. a are you a mixed foods guy? Like if you have, for instance, uh, eggs and pancakes on the same plate, would you would you mind the syrup getting over to the eggs, or do you separate oh, them? Disgusting! Get them the hell away from each other. Totally agree. <laughs> I don't even. I, I kind of like the the plates that have compartments. To be quite honest. Oh, interesting! Like a TV dinner sort of setup. Yeah, or like uh, sometimes they make the plastic. Or this might be an Indian thing. I don't know, but the plastic or the styrofoam. Uh, that have the separators that have the separators. Okay. Or so our kids plates. Some of them have that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't. I mean, for some stuff it's fine. For example, if you give me a, uh, a hash brown or a home fry and an egg, mix it up. Delicious. Oh, the yolk. Yeah. The yolk. Let the yolk get up, get over those bad boys for sure. Or even a scrammy. I'll, I'll take those two in a bite together. Oh, of course. That's, I, I don't disagree with that, but they like a sweet and savory thing. No, oh, way. I, I won't eat it. No, that's disgusting. I totally agree. You're you're a good man. Does you, anybody like that? Some people do. Ugh. I probably uh, Templar is a guy Maybe. who likes that. Do you, how about cereals? Do you ever mix cereals? Like in I the mean, same I, bowl? I, I have. It's not uh, not often. I did that this morning. That's why I ask. I think fun. it's it usually works out. I'm never like, oh, why did I do this? Yeah. Well, you have usually to have, one cereal takes over. 
Well, yeah, I think you need one that is uh, more muted and one that is a little bit more flavorful, and 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 then you you weigh it towards the more muted one. Like for instance, I went regular Cheerios and a little bit of uh, frosted mini wheats. Oh, what a terrible combination! It was good. Doing your cereal shopping. Frosted mini wheats. Oh, frosted mini wheats are great. Oh my gosh! You're out of your you, mind. You poor, poor soul. You're I remember. I remember. I slept over a kid's house in like elementary school, and he had to ask his mom the next day if we could not mix cereal since his friends were over. <laughs> really? Like he, he always was embarrassed to, about that. Like he always had to mix a healthy oh. with a not healthy. And uh, in my house, it was a free-for-all with the Lucky Charms and the Fruit Loops and the Cocoa Puffs and the Cookie Crisp and all that. And uh, yeah, so I, I remember being like, oh, this poor kid, he's got to mix these. But now I don't let my kids eat any of those sugary cereals, so maybe he was just ahead of his time. There you go. Uh, to close the loop uh, on why I wrote Eli Apple on my uh, notes for the last show, I remembered. Uh, I was going to tell the children who listen to the podcast to hold your tongue and say Eli Apple. Okay. That was that. That's why I wrote that down. Uh, congratulations to listener Greg. Birth of his baby. Mm, Did yeah. you see that? Congratulations. Congratulations. He said the uh, doctor was, was asking his wife to give some big, strong, powerful pushes. That's outstanding. Casey is going for the, uh, I, I believe, the daycare cycle. He's, you know, he had the, he got, I, I guess the fever would be like first base. Uh, he got the hand, foot, and mouth, which is, which is maybe the home run. Uh, this week we got the pink eye. I would guess that's like a triple. I don't know what the double would be. Ooh, I don't know. But You don't want to know. Yeah, I guess we don't want to know. But he's, okay. he's, he's, one, he's one move away, which is exciting. Uh, well, we we had the pink eye on a trip to Florida to see my wife's uh, wife's mom, and uh, basically the whole family got it. We were staying at a hotel that was basically connected to the beach, and uh, we go down to go to the beach, and my daughter was refusing to wear her hat, and so my wife said we couldn't go on the beach unless she wore her hat. And so we went back upstairs, and I had, like, one of my bigger dad flip-outs of all time. <laughs> I'm like, we're staying at a hotel next to the beach. I can't even go to the beach just because she's not wearing this hat. We all got pink eye. That was not my finest moment. That's okay. You're allowed to yeah. flip out. Yeah. Do you ever do, have, you ever, have you ever done the flip-out while driving? That's like a classic oh, yeah. dad move. I, I had a huge one. <laughs> <laughs> actually this is this is might have been a bigger flip out it was it was we did disney world in the off season and uh <laughs> i was driving the rented van from the airport to the hotel and my daughter was complaining and i went off and i i'm pretty sure i called her a spoiled brat <laughs> i was like we're going to disney world and you're still complaining like I, I don't even know. Yeah, that I, I usually try to stay away from the name calling, but I couldn't. Uh, I couldn't control myself on that one. That's very funny. Yeah. Did you then reflect on like how and how uh, like how was like a movie that you were yelling from the front seat? What do you mean? I don't know. That seems like a very. That seems like yeah. It's a very classic dad trope. Yeah, that's well. Maybe that's why my dad certainly did that too. Yeah, I mean it's. Yeah. I'm gonna drive this car. That's... I'm gonna pull the car over. 
until you guys I wanted stop. to see, yeah. I think I threatened to turn it around and go back to Pennsylvania. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Any other any other thoughts on you have you have watched the film um on the on the Eagles game that we didn't really talk about in the post game kerfuffle. Okay, so here are things that I have that I wrote down for this. Are we getting into the Panthers at all or should I save that? That's up to you. We can save it a little bit. Let's save it. Let's save it. All right, but did you hear this quote from Tony Romo on Cole Beasley? <laughs> quote, no one can guard him one-on-one when he has a two-way go. Oh, my gosh. There's been a lot of Beasley buzz, so he is. Well, he tweeted I'm, the other day that he thinks he should be paid among the best slot receivers in the league. Exactly. So I think he is now uh, grouse eligible for that game. Oh, that's right. I think that's, that's good. That's okay. official. Did you see the last play of the Bucks game against the Falcons? I did. Oh, yes. What a great play that was. Great play. I, was, I really wanted it to work. Oh, that was great. What a great idea. For those who didn't see, they were kind of in desperation mode, and they had Jameis Winston run a QB draw. Yeah, they needed but, a touchdown, and there was, what, like 12 seconds left there on somewhere around the 20? Yeah, and so he runs the QB draw, but then it's like a lateral and then uh, Mike Evans end up, ends up getting the ball, and Deshaun Jackson is – I might be getting the details here wrong, but I feel like he was at like the five. Yeah. And he was open, and I mean don't, it was like a impo- very difficult, high degree of difficulty for Evans, and so he threw it, and it bounced kind of right in front of uh, Deshaun Jackson. But if he would have connected, that was getting in the end zone. Well, I saw people getting on Deshaun for that, which seemed w- in- insane to me. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. It bounced in – like yeah, at his feet. It would have been an impossible catch. Yeah. I mean, if he would have got like a true bounce or something. Right. Like Dak Prescott got on that one fumble. I don't know if you saw that. It, I did see it, that, yeah. Yeah, if, if he would have got one of those, uh, yeah, then he would have scored a touchdown. But I don't think there's anything he could have done to uh, score that was there. A, that was a great play call. I said to you the other day uh, when Zach Ertz made that lateral to, to Alshon that I wish, I wish teams utilized the lateral more feels like a I, I know that it's higher high risk but it feels like a uh an area of exploitation that is there you were giddy you love the lateral i love a lateral a mid-play lateral fantastic yeah. uh all right let's see what else i got here your seattle seahawks are coming on bo i mean what you know uh, i'm a genius what can i say eighth in dvoa i'm seeing here overall well is that updated don't they not update it until tuesday afternoon like it I think it just happened. Oh, oh it just I think happened. It just happened. Yeah, okay. I can read you the Eagles thing in a minute here. Oh yeah. Uh, but they blow out the Raiders. Well, and, I mean, that's that. Anybody can do that. Well, they've won three in a row. Their only loss was losing to the Rams, and they were well, they didn't win you know three in a row. They lost. Oh yeah, they won. That's right. They won three of four, okay. I think. And their only loss was to the Rams, who, uh, you know, they played them as tough as anybody. So yeah, your your Seattle Seahawks might be onto something. Uh, My Bengals. The, Doing well. Your Bengals are doing well. My Jaguars are uh, bad as predicted. Mm, Eagles don't make much of a jump here. I was, really, have- I was really kicking myself the other night that the two of us, we, that we didn't just go all in and put like all of, our, uh, all of our T-shirt proceeds, just put it on the Raiders under. We should have done that. We would have doubled it up. It would have been great. We should have we done were, that. We, I mean, we were, we were sure about it. We should have really put some lettuce on it. That was the lock of the year. Yeah. The Eagles are 21st in DVOA. Wow. 20, 24th on offense, 11th on defense, and 22nd on special teams. Wow. 
I'm, su- I'm a little sh- bit surprised. I mean, I guess. Oh they no! Beat wait, a bad wait, team, wait! But... Never mind. Sorry, it hasn't. Okay, so all that they they tweeted out the top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Oh, but it's uh, not the, updated on the site yet. It's not updated on the site. The Carolina Panthers, however, are number eleven. So okay, higher in DVOA than the Eagles. Okay, let's see. Let me get through these final things here. The t- how about the Titans getting shut out? Give up eleven sacks. Yeah, that looks like the that looks like their worst loss of the season. I mean, that's going to be the loss if by the end of the year something comes, whether it's home field, the division, whatever, uh, whatever comes down to like that one game. And, and it's not just, just, I mean, we've talked about this ad nauseum, but it, it's not just the loss. It's the way that they lost and let, let like that just putrid offense pass all Ooh. over them. It's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what did you think of, did you watch Patriots Chiefs on Sunday night? I did, I did. Any, any big takeaways? Uh, yeah, I thought it was really classy of Tom Brady to, to quickly congratulate the opposing quarterback in a game after he won. Hmm. That was a popular take among Eagles Twitter. Oh, class. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think that's probably what, what... I mean, it was a fun game. Very fun game. Mahomes is... Uh, I'm, I would say that I would consider the Mahomes-Wentz debate is, is pretty close, I think. I, I would lean Wentz because he's got a little bit longer track record. But Mahomes is a lot of fun now. Guy can sling the ball now. He's a football player now. Mm. I will say, you know, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. Watching Brady, I felt like this was the first time I feel like I, I was seeing some, uh, some, I know it doesn't, it's not like reflected in the numbers and the game and the score, hmm. but I don't know. He didn't seem like superhuman to me in that Well, game. you know what? There, I thought there were a couple times where uh, he was like trying to prove that he could be Patrick Mahomes. Like there was that, that one fumble he had mm. where he had the ball forever. Yeah, what was he doing? And what was he doing? And then there was another play later that, than that where I think he was like thrown across his body or something. It, it seemed like he was trying to like make a point that, that he ah. can do what Mahomes can do. That's how I, I like was reading the theory. it. I like that theory. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but I didn't feel like he was as good just with the eye test as i've seen before well and i i uh, was watching that that falcons game and i couldn't believe how how lobby matt ryan's arm look it, it looks someone it, else said that it looks I, like I his arm is completely cooked i mean okay. he's still effective but yeah, he's, his numbers he's, are very good I he's think. throwing these like you know top spin lobs like he's uh leighton hewitt mm. okay nice pull there leighton hewitt all right, I think those are all my league-wide thoughts. The film we'll get to here quickly, uh, the All-22. It's going to be a fun All-22 post on Wednesday, Bo, because we've I'll got the judge of that. Coach Flynn drawings. Oh, baby. We've got Jeff Schwartz insight. Oh, baby. And then I was able to ask some of these assistant coaches about some of the specific plays, and they were pretty good on That's them. always great. Uh, what did I notice? I thought Jason Kelsey looked like the best he's looked all season. That's encouraging. I don't know if he got healthy and it was just a matter of, um, you know, I thought at some point the same thing with Peters. Maybe you shut him down and get him healthy, but he looked like he was healthy. Like he at a bunch of their big plays when you're looking at him, like he was at the uh, heart of them doing Jason Kelsey things, pulling, getting out there on screens, all that. So, yeah, that I think that is very encouraging. Uh, the blitz pickup was much better. You know, Carson Wentz's first two games, they were sacked on 17.9% of the times when the opponent 
blitzed, which was, you know, just terrible and killing them. And the last two weeks, they haven't given up a sack against the blitz. So that is uh, good coaching by your boy, Jeff Stoutland and improved execution. Corey Clement had a very nice, uh, I don't know if it's very nice, but he knew his assignment and did a good job on one of the blitz pickups that we will show. Uh, the RPOs, there were, there were many of those in this game. Some worked better than others, but those are still a part of the game plan. Uh, the touchdown to Zach Ertz, Coach Flynn drew that up and was just uh, in awe of, of Zach Ertz's route running on that play. And, I, you know, I asked Justin Peel about that one, and he, he gave a decent answer, Bo. That's exciting. He said they've been working. What Ertz has been working on is you want to make every route look the same at the very beginning. Mm. And so he said he did that very well on that play where, you know, if you look at the beginning of his route, you have no idea what he's going to do. And then it was sort of a kind of fake the post and then head to the corner. Uh, I believe he beat Janoris Jenkins on that and was wide open. So that was a, a nice play by Zach Ertz. defensively. Uh, Fran, I thought Fran's uh, breakdown of this. I don't know if he put it on PhiladelphiaEagles.com yet. I saw it on Twitter, but of what the Eagles did defensively. I mean, they really changed their um, sort of, foundational cover this was like a special game plan week for jim schwartz on a short week with a banged up secondary and the idea was let's keep a safety over top odell beckham and let's have the corners get up at the line of scrimmage so you can take away those slants those easy throws and at the same time you're hoping that the second guy you don't give up big plays and uh it really worked to perfection so you know we criticized schwartz after the titans game uh I, you know this was his best probably game plan of the year and they executed uh that one very well i don't want to brag but i got to see fran yesterday i think i I got a little closer to him than you did okay well that's that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes all right destiny the destiny vio sack i hate to be like a hater here oh man Uh, was it all go Go ahead the guard just thought like he had help from the center and like let him go I don't want to say you could have sat, you could have gotten a sack there because you probably wouldn't have brought down the right. quarterback. I could, have touched, I could have touched him, though. You, you could have got a, PFF pressure, a BFF pressure on that. Nice. How about yeah. Trayvon Hester? How about him? Yeah, back-to-back nice plays there. We noticed that during the game, I think. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he has like better numbers than uh, like Kalodi Nada and uh, Bruce Hector combined probably at this point. You're probably know. right. I don't know if that's true or not, but he flashed more than those guys have, so that's good. That is good. Okay. All right. That's that's all I got. All right, I got a toucan you for you. Oh, boy. Okay. I thought we were finished. We're almost finished. Sixers start tonight. Mm. What are your expectations for the Sixers season? You want to go on the record with a win total? Mm. I will say... How about you this? Know, I w- more, here's a, a bird lines for you. Okay. Sixers wins versus Markel Fultz threes on the season. Uh, Sixers wins. I agree. I'm uh, I'm bullish on this. I mean, the thing is, like anyone can say, oh, you know, is Embiid going to play this many? But like, that's not fun. Like, I don't want to have a caveated win total where I'm pre- <laughs> where I'm predicting that like this really fun player gets injured. So I'm just going to assume, you know, he stayed healthy last year. He'll stay healthy this year, and uh, I will say 50. I forget what their over-under is, but I'm going to be pretty close to it. I'll say 54 wins. Mm, okay. I'll take 52. Okay. Okay. 
They're going to be. They are a very fun team, though. They're so going to be very I, fun. I, I am very excited to watch them. Landry Shamet uh, unfortunately went undrafted in my rookie sophomore league, so he's on the waiver wire. Okay, well, you can pick him up now. Okay, all right. Here's my uh, two can you for you, Julius Peppers, famously a member of the North Carolina basketball team in 1999 through 2001, two seasons. Two can you name? Any of his North Carolina teammates or any of the first or second team All-Americans from 2000 to 2001? All right. I have no idea if this is right, but the name that came into my head was Shimon Williams. Shimon Williams is just, just too soon. Oh, man. I thought I had it. That's a great one. Uh, What's his? Rashard McCants? Is that too late? No, that's too late. That's too late. That's too late. Mm. Any type of hint here? Uh, Okay. I'll give you some hints. Sean May? No, that's, no, that's late, too right? late. That's too late. You're, yeah, you, you were the right era with Shimon Williams, but he, Shimon I think, graduated Williams. just before Julius Peppers got there. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, one of, the, one of the, the first team All-Americans was his teammate. He was a guard, and you could say that scoring was his last name. Scoring was his was his fill in the blank, and the fill in the blank is his last name. Uh, Forte. Yes, very nice, Joe Forte. Joe Forte. Okay, I was uh, going to say Matt Forte. The player, his teammate who played the longest in the league, was uh, his last name is sort of a famous prank call first name. Big man. Seymour. No, good, great, great guess, but not mm-hmm. Seymour. <laughs> a prank call first name that's yeah. not Seymour, huh? Yeah. Ben? No. Okay. It's his. This is his last name. It's his last name. Mm, I don't know. I got. I don't. I, I have nothing. The answer is Brendan Haywood. Mmm. I thought that was a good clue. Famous prank call name. Yeah. What is? You don't know that one? No, what's that Haywood? one? I don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to say okay. what the last right. name is. Save it. All right. It, it's ja, it begins with ja. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, one, of, one of his basketball teammates is a future <laughs> NFL player who is now the, uh, an assistant coach for the New Orleans Saints. Really? Yes. North Carolina basketball. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna say. Oh uh, no. Go ahead. No, I don't have it. I'm gonna say that uh, you might find his last name at an Indian restaurant. Last name at an Indian restaurant. Samosa, <laughs> naan, pakora, malai kofta. Hmm. None of those sound familiar. The answer is Ronald Spice. Spice? No. Spice? No. no. Okay. Ronald right. Curry. Oh. All right. I uh, should have that one I should have gotten. The other ones, uh Jason Capel and Chris Long. Chris Lang, sorry. Oh, and then the year before, you may remember um his initials are E C. E C. He was Shimon Williams' running mate before Shimon Williams left. I don't got it. 
Ed Coda. Ed Coda. All right. What's interesting is, and this is, uh, I'm gonna. Should I, would you like to hear the All Americans? I mean, you're gonna tell me anyway, so go ahead. Okay, Joe Forte, one guy uh, who gotten in a motorcycle accident. Jason Williams. One guy who sort of looks like a young Sean McVay. He went to Stanford. Casey Jacobson. Nice, nice pull. Nice he doesn't pull. look like Sean McVay is much more handsome than well, him. When he was younger, they both had the frosted tips. I think that's a fair. I thought I thought Casey Jacobson had more of like a floppy sort of uh, like shaggy look. I think that he was a frosted tips man. Mm. I could be wrong. Maybe not. A, maybe not a frosted, but a spiked, uh, a spiked right, tips. Uh, mm, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Uh, I don't think he was a floppy guy. I think he was. I a thought tips it was man. a shag- I thought it was like a shaggy guy. I don't think so. But that was a good pull out of you. Yeah. Uh, one of them is uh, the player who played the longest here. Uh, he also he was Jay Williams' teammate, frequent guest on the Low Post podcast. Oh, I should know this. Duke and a frequent guest of the Low Post podcast. Not Elton Brand. No. Uh, who is on the Low Post podcast a lot? The, the maybe, Dookie. Maybe, maybe not a lot, but he has uh, been on the podcast. You said frequent. You said frequent. Well, more than once. Oh, man, I'm blanking. I don't know. Shane Battier. Okay. No, he's not a frequent guest. Oh, uh, come on. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, Notre Dame white guy. Notre Dame white guy, huh? A mm, uh, big man or a, big man. or a guard? I think I he had sort of a weird like haircut, like a like a really short but not bald, like a, kind of a square face. Maybe, maybe. Okay, who is it? He has like the his he basically has the perfect name for Notre Dame basketball. Is it an H? No. Okay, who is that? Troy Murphy. Oh, no, that's not it. Okay, okay. second team, quickly. Uh, Troy Murphy, this guy has the same first name. And he was a uh, prolific scoring guard in the ACC. Troy, I don't know. Troy Bell. Okay. Uh, there is a... What is he, BC? What? No. BC, yeah. Oh, BC. Uh, okay. There is a Villanova player with the same name as a men's soccer player. Villanova player with the same name as a men's soccer player. Mm, I don't get. I don't. I don't get it with that hint. That's Michael Bradley. Mm, okay. There is a Iowa State point guard who played in the league for a, a good amount of time. Oh, uh, I know this one. Uh, Jamal Tinsley. Nice. All right, two more. We've got a. Uh, these two guys both played in the league for a while. This guy uh, went to Michigan State. And That's it. And his first name is uh, the same as the Halloween serial killer. Jason Richardson? Nice. Okay. And the last one, uh, several time NBA, or at least one time NBA champion. Not King, but the son of the King. Tayshawn Prince? Yes. Okay. Good job. Yeah, good I job, feel Eddie. like if that was some sort of like uh, board game type deal, we would have done pretty well there. I think that's true. But yeah. you know what's funny is that uh, the longevity of Julius Peppers in the NFL 
is such that he has outlasted almost every basketball player who was in either of his two drafts. That's incredible, isn't it? Isn't that, isn't that crazy? That's He's been in the league point. for so yeah. long. When you think of the different sports and the beating that his body has taken, uh, wow, yeah, what an accomplishment. Right, like, you know, Jason Capel, who was his college <laughs> basketball teammate, has been an assistant coach for 10 years, or he was a head coach for a few years, but has been wow. coaching for 10 years. Uh, yeah, these guys have been out of the league forever. And Julius Peppers had a big-time sack last week. And he's a member of the Full Sentence All-Stars. There you go. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good stuff. We'll be back uh, tomorrow night. Birds with Friends Radio, 8 o'clock on WIP. She'll, me, and Joe Giglio. And then we will be back uh, with a fuller preview of Sunday's game, either Thursday or Friday. All set? You got anything All else set. to add? That's it. All right. Send us your uh, your pitches to be a Birds with Friends sponsor at birdswithfriendspodcast at gmail.com. For Sheil, I'm Bo. <clears throat> Excuse me. And as always, we love you. Friends